when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, my people. How are you? I am so excited to be with you today, especially because we're going to be talking about something that no one wants to talk about, which you know me, I always go there. Whatever we don't want to be talking about, I'm talking about it because the more we can bring it out into the open, the better off we will be. Before we get there, you know what's coming. A reader shout out. This one is by Richard C. at trialguides.com. He says, he titles it, Insightful Guide to Connecting with Jurors. He says, this is a book that takes different pro- a, a different approach to jury voir dire. This guide helps you realize that your case is not about your client or you, but rather the jury. It assisted me in selecting a jury and forming the group needed to obtain an eight-figure verdict in the midst of COVID. I strongly recommend it to you. Well, Richard, congratulations on your win. I'm so glad that From Hostage to Hero was able to help. And if you have not reviewed the book, go to trialguides.com. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. Today, y'all, this is going to like blow your freaking minds, this next two podcasts. So we're, we're doing one on time. We're doing one on money because the time management class just came out. The course just came out. You can go to fromhostagetohero.com and check it out and buy your copy. But we've been working on these concepts in the crew. And so they've had live trainings on this. They're getting coaching on this. This has been been the focus, this time and money, because in, when it comes to time and money, we always think we don't have enough. And so what I wanted to talk about in today's podcast is how your money stuff is affecting your results in the in the courtroom. Now when we talk about money and time, it's easy to to think that they are similar in that we never feel as I just said that we have enough. But they are different. And here's here's how I want you to to think about this. They are different because time is fixed and money is not. Meaning we have a set amount of hours in the week. And as we talked about last week, you have to get really clear on how you want to fill those hours instead of trying to play in fantasy land, thinking that you can just shove all this stuff in there and make it work somehow. You got to start making some difficult decisions about how you're going to spend your time and what you're going to do during your time because it's fixed, but money is not fixed ever. I don't care if you work for someone and get a paycheck, it's never fixed. Money is plentiful and out there and available to each and every one of us. Now we're going to talk about why you don't think that's true (laughs) in this podcast. And then we're going to talk about how to make it true for you in next week's podcast. Do not miss next week's podcast. We're going to talk about the key to making more money and getting bigger verdicts. But today we want to talk about your money stuff. And you know, even when I say that, let's talk about money, <laughs> people get all freaked out because when it comes to money, we think it's icky. 
you know, it's icky to want it. It's icky to have it. It's icky to talk about it. And guess what? Because of this, this is why plaintiff attorneys like you are looked at with disdain because you deal in money. This is what you do for your job. You, you get money for your clients, for yourself, right? It's all about money. You are forced to talk about money. You have to deal with money. You have to get the jurors to talk about money. It's money all the time, you know, upside down and forwards. No, that doesn't make sense. Anyways, money all the time. But this is also why as plaintiff attorneys, you have to heal your relationship with money or you will never be truly successful. And that's why we did a whole training on this back in H2H. Again, if you're thinking of joining the crew, get in there because you're going to get access to all this training once you get in. You're just going to have to pay more than people who got in early. By the way, we're jacking up the price big time in 2022. So get in as early as you can. We open again in January. Get on the wait list from hostagehero.com. All right. So if you cannot heal your relationship with money, two things are going to happen. You won't ask for big numbers in the courtroom and you won't get big numbers in the courtroom. So before we talk about why that's true, let's talk about where this ickiness comes from. So we know that it comes from society at large, right? I mean, think about some of the most hated people in, in our lives. Salespeople come to mind, right? We're like, oh my God, is a salesperson at the door when that used to happen? Or salesperson on the phone, you know, the, now it's spam calls or spam emails. Anybody trying to sell us something, we look at as gross, right? Ew, gross. They're trying to sell me something. Because why? Because it deals with money. Plaintiff attorneys also not viewed very highly in society. Why? Because you deal in money. Money is this shameful thing out there. Shameful to talk about again and to, to want it, to have it, all the things. So it, it comes from messages we receive in society. But I think if we look even farther back, where it really comes from is our messages that we receive from our family. You know, one of the messages that I received, I've received many, but my dad used to say things like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, which that's true. Money does not grow on trees. But what's the real belief behind that? <laughs> the real belief is, you know, there's not enough. Don't waste it because it doesn't grow on trees. So, so there's a message that I got from my parents. Uh, another one was it's better to save than spend, right? So anytime I would spend a cent on anything, I would have guilt about it because I should be saving it. Right? So these money messages get embedded from a very early age. And now look at, at the career that you are in. We also have money stuff in the legal community, right? It's shameful if you don't have a big verdict. That's the big mark of whether you're good or not. It doesn't matter how skilled you are as an attorney. Somehow we measure everybody's value on how they did at trial. And that's how you measure yourself. Many of you measure yourself according to whether you get an eight-figure verdict or not. And if you don't have it and you don't feel complete, you don't feel whole. So these messages are out there and they are embedded. And what I want you to recognize from today's podcast is because these messages are embedded, they're like a tape that is constantly playing in the background of your life. And that is creating you, creating a situation in which you act in a certain way. If you go back to the model that we talked quite a bit about, and let's just look at the three pieces of the model, not the whole thing, just the thought, the feeling, and the action. So as you've heard me say, 
millions of times. I'm going to just keep nailing this with you. Thoughts create our emotions and our feelings. That's the F line. And feelings fuel our actions. So if you want to have insight into why you are doing the things that you are doing, you can trace it back to your thoughts because your thought is going to create an emotion and then that emotion is going to fuel an action or an inaction. Many times, sometimes the inaction is a result of our feelings. So think about some of the common messages that you have received. Here's some that I shared in the training with the crew the other day. You can't be rich and spiritual. Never go into debt. Save your money for a rainy day. You have to work hard to make money. You can't make money doing X. X meaning meaning anything you love to do. You're too irresponsible, lazy, et cetera, to make money. Money doesn't grow on trees. There's never enough money. You have to sacrifice having good or fun life to make money. And money causes stress. Any of those resonate? I know there were some on those lists that I grew up with for sure. And if we look at the bigger reason outside of the societal messages that we get. I mean, why do we have these societal messages? Why is our family giving us these messages? It really comes down to how our brain is wired. Your brain is wired for scarcity. Remember, the oldest part of our brain or the habit or reactionary brain is the amygdala. That's in the back near the brainstem. The newest part of our brain is the prefrontal cortex, right? The front part of the brain. That's our thinking or rational brain. When you are in scarcity mode, the part of your brain that's activated is the amygdala. And you simply do not make good decisions from this place. So when you think that resources are scarce, then you're going to hoard, you're going to hold back, you're going to play it safe because that's how your brain is wired. It does not want you to be in danger. It wants to keep you alive. And because money is so tied to survival, right? Anything having to do with money, your brain freaks the fuck out. But here's the good news. You can use your prefrontal cortex to override the amygdala and create new brain wiring so that you can free yourself from all this money stuff once and for all. And if you're a plaintiff attorney, you must do this work because if you have money stuff, you're going to put that on jurors who already have their own money stuff. So it's incumbent upon you to fix this shit in order to have the success that you want in your life and in the courtroom. Now, next week, we're going to talk about how to do that. But here, let's, let's give you some truths that you can kind of hold on to before we get to next week. So, so we know you have money stuff. And if you want to spend some time journaling on your money messages, that would be really helpful for you, I think, going into next week's um, podcast. But here are three truths about money that I want you to take with you today. The first one is that money reflects. Money doesn't cause anything to happen. It reflects what is happening. So, so many people say, if I had money, I'd be happy. No, if you were happy, you'd have money. 
I firmly believe that. Or they'll say, I would charge more if I was worth it. No. If you believed you were worth it, you would charge more. See, the money is reflecting what you feel about yourself. Let me say that again. Money reflects what you feel about yourself. So what is money reflecting back to you? That is the question. You know, one tip for this is to think about what you spend your money on. What we spend our money on is what we care about, period. So take a moment and think, how do I spend my money? What are the things I truly care about? Now, here's how I know that money and and how you think about it or what you believe about it reveals what you really think about or believe about yourself. So many of you have two, 300 cases. And so if I were to tell you, okay, you need to cut your caseload down to 10, maybe 20 cases, you'd freak the fuck out. And, and I would say, okay, well, well why? why? Why can't you do that? Well, then I'd really, I'd have to take those cases to trial. And I'd, I, and I'd say, okay, take them to trial. And he'd say, well, but then I'd have to really deliver on them. I'd say, okay, well, go deliver on them. And you'd say, I can't. I'm not sure I can. I'd say, why? And you'd say, because I don't know if I'm good enough. Ah, this isn't about money at all. This is about your worthiness. The reason that you have two, 300 cases at a time is because you're playing the odds. You don't actually believe in your ability. So you, you want to make sure that there's enough money coming in so that you don't really have to rely on your ability to go out there and make a big impact. That's how I know money and your belief about it reveals how you believe yourself, what you believe about yourself. If you truly believed that you could get the big numbers, which all of you can, you wouldn't have two or 300 cases, period. Money reflects. Second truth about money. Money moves. It must move. It flows in and it flows out. And when we interrupt that process, we jam up the system. Meaning when you are fearful around money, so you hoard it, you don't spend it, you save every cent, right? You, what you're communicating is, I don't need any more, which is the third money truth. Money comes where it is needed. So when you're holding on to it, no more is going to flow in because you got, you're holding on to it. It's only when you release the money that more will come in. I'm not saying you should spend like crazy or, or, or act recklessly. But what I am saying is that you start trusting that the money is coming because that is what it does. Even in the poorest societies and cultures where there's very little to no money available, when someone dies, they are able to gather enough resources together to, to have a proper funeral. Money comes where it's needed. And it won't come if you interrupt that flow. I mean, this is why what you do is so hard because the defense has stopped the natural flow of money. I mean, if you hurt someone, you pay to make it right. That's the natural flow, right? But the defense has stopped that. They said, we hurt somebody. 
but we're not going to pay. So now that, that, that flow is jammed up. And now you call jurors in and you force them into that, that, that log jam. And, and we say, figure this out. But nobody wants to be in the middle of a fight, especially about money. So again, until you get your money shit right, you're going to have a lot of trouble in the courtroom because you're going to add to the already weirdness of the very work that y'all do. Now, to review, scarcity is what we are wired for, right? That's natural. So I don't want anyone listening to this podcast to make themselves wrong. We're not going to make ourselves wrong about our views on money. You're wired to believe these things. But it's also possible to rewire your brain around money or anything else. And that's what we're going to focus on next week. Between now and then, I want you to really think about these three money truths that money reflects and ask yourself, what is money reflecting in my life? Money moves Ask yourself, how are you stopping the flow of money in your life? And money comes where it is needed. You know, I I think back to getting our French Bulldog puppy. French Bulldogs are not cheap, (laughs) y'all. And I have never purchased a dog in my life. So I had a lot of like ethical concerns around that. But as Kevin, my husband said, he's like, you know, COVID and cancer, we're getting whatever the hell we want. But of course, all my money stuff came up when I was like, oh my God, are we going to spend this much on a dog? Really? Right? And so finally, I made the decision to purchase the dog. We had plenty of money. Money wasn't the problem. It was just, you know, my guilt over whether we should spend it, be spending that kind of money on a dog. We go pick her up. We go go to the coast for the weekend. We come back and I get a check in the mail. I shit you not for the exact amount that I had paid for the dog. Once I released my need for that money, it came. And that has happened to me many, many times over. And many of the people in H2H crew have also said they have similar stories. Money comes where it's needed. So think on those three money truths. And we're going to talk next week about how to change this whole thing. But just know today, the message is until and unless you heal your relationship with money, you're not going to have the success that you want in the courtroom. All right. Talk next week. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, Head over to FromHostageToHero.com to order your copy of my book, From Hostage to Hero, Captivate the Jury by Setting Them Free. And to get on my mailing list, I send out trial tips and encouragement right to your inbox every single week. And while you're there, make sure you join the waitlist to become an H2H crew member when we reopen. We only open a few times each year and you do not want to miss out. I look forward to our time together in next week's episode. Talk then. Talk then.